Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. What have you changed in my mind over the views of the last two two years? Anything investment related or otherwise? I, I still have like calls with all you investors who um, sign up for the group. I'll do one investment and one mindset one. First from the mindset, I talk to a lot of you guys and I see all your financial profiles. There's really nothing that surprises me. I know what your AGIs are. I know what your networks are. And the one thing I've ascertained very quickly in the conversations I have with you guys is I help help pick apart your situation. Is it a lot of people are in very different mindset spaces in terms of abundance, scarcity spectrum. I've talked to people who are just under a million dollars net worth. They're pretty frugal. They save thirty to fifty thousand dollars, and they are living life very happily, from my point of view. And then I see some people who are two and a half, three and a half million dollars. They're making a high salary, over four hundred thousand dollars a year, still able to save. They spend a lot of money, and they save. Yet they're still able to save fifty, a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Yet they're living as misers and still like in a frantic mode. So I've self-reflected upon myself and I know where I'm at. And sometimes, and I realize that it's not really about net worth. It's not really what you're saving. At the end of the day, it's more of a mindset. And we all know we control our mindset and our attitude. And you never know when this is all going to end. We're all in a waiting room, ready to go to wherever it is next. But that's that'll. I'll, I'll just end that there. We'll have some conversations, uh, hopefully, when I see you guys in person later on this weekend. But in terms of investments now, it's something I've changed my mind on. If you would have asked me like four years ago, yeah, say 2018, I was not super like thrilled about people using their HELOCs to go out and invest, especially in rental properties, because rental properties can be, especially if you're doing it as a mom and pa investor, you might have to pay five, ten thousand dollars if a tenant screws up your property and moves out. That means if you guys can go back to the YouTube channel, there's a video of uh, reaction. I think if you search reaction YouTube search for my in my channel, you'll see one of those awful visions that no no landlord want, likes to see. But what I realized in these, I heard, I hear it from you guys all the time. Eighty percent of the investors who I talk to and I do calls with on a daily basis. Most of you guys are doing HELOCs to tap debt equity in your rental properties. And if you have more than 20% equity or 25% equity, you got to get it moving. If not, you're going to fall victim to what most investors do, which is they have lazy debt equity in their rental properties, in their assets, not doing anything. That's just, they're working harder than their money. The whole premise of simple passive cash flow is keep it simple. And that simple thing is to focus on that one thing, which is to have your equity work harder for you, which sounds very esoteric. But what I'm talking about here is to take that dead, lazy equity. Look at your portfolio. For a lot of you guys, it's in maybe your 401ks and these like more conservative, lower risk, lower return type of funds. Or maybe you have half a million dollars of lazy debt equity in your rental property or your primary residence that you have to get moving. And you don't have to make 15, 20% on that money. Just get it moving. Put it in infinite, bank, infinite banking, making five. 
or put it in some prof equity making 10%. That's, it's all the average of your whole total portfolio. It's all cash flow that adds up at the end of the day. And I, so in the last few years, yeah, like the HELOCs, I think it's game on. Like you have to be using that type of stuff to tap in your equity. I don't think that it's irresponsible to be using uh, HELOC. And I think that's where a lot of people who are new to this game from a mindset perspective, you, you tap, you're using a HELOC and you're able to get, you have to pay debt service on the HELOC, right? Whether it's interest only or monthly payments for a certain amortization period, but people they freak out about that because they're still on money. Dave Ramsey mindset that interest rate is accumulating in the back of their head where they need to have the confidence that their investments are going to pull through at the end and which they should. It's pretty easy to at least achieve that HELOC rate and then some. Now it may take some time to get going, which is where I think some people, especially newer investors who don't understand or have a network around them, don't really trust how this works. This is what the wealthy do, right? The wealthy are constantly playing arbitrage. Another example is a lot of the more experienced investors in our group, they'll use a cash value. They'll use their infinite banking to take the loan from their cash value all day, every day. And yeah, you have to pay um, debt service on that, just like a HELOC. But at that point, this is a next level up. Investors who are already doing that, they don't think twice about that interest payment, that debt service on their cash value line of credit, or maybe some people are doing a secure back line of credit on their stocks that they have. So it's all about the arbitrage game and they've already had the confidence in what they're investing in making 10, 15, 20% plus that it's just an arbitrage of playing the game with the banks. So I, I think for a lot of you know investors out there, the HELOC is a step one, right? That's the feeder into this and kind of just jump into the pool, you're not gonna drown. And then moving off to level two, which is to tap your infinite banking and then find other money that's not working for you and either get a loan on it or sell it and get put into other stuff that's yielding. Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.